Welcome to season two of Better with Books. Nothing has changed except the theme song, which is called Melt by Broke for Free. Just more books, more ideas, and conversation starters. This is episode 20, titled Poetry is Difficult Why We Pretend to Get It and How to Actually Get It. That's right, I'm going to be honest and say what a lot of us think to ourselves when our smart friends tell us about the latest poet that they're obsessed with. This is Better With Books. I'm Roots, producer and host, and you can argue with me, or even be nice to me if that's your thing, on Twitter at Ruth Roots, that's Ruth, R-O-O-T-Z, and on Instagram at Roots Mac. True story. Poetry is very difficult for me to read, to find the patience for, and ultimately to understand. I'm sure most of you can relate. But here's the thing. A lot of us, including me, would love to be able to read and enjoy it. Why? Because, let's be honest, with poetry, specifically the reading and writing of it, comes this prestige and an aura of culturedness and sophistication. Because, it seems, all of the smartest, most conscientious, romantic people on the planet read and or write it. There's this club of people who get it. And some of us want in, but we can't because we don't like it because we don't actually get it. Of course, there are better reasons to want to get poetry, besides healing our inferiority complexes. There's the fact that poetry can be beautiful and direct in a way that prose tries and fails to be. The right poem at the right time is a direct connection to the heart, something very few things can reach in us. Also, is there anyone who doesn't think people who quote poetry are hot? Just saying. Before starting this project for this episode, my background in reading poetry was pretty much non-existent. I mean, those few poems that I was forced to read over my grade school years, mostly simple, easy-to-understand rhyming ones, those don't really count. They're the ones everyone knows and can say they love, like Invictus it matters not how straight and gate, Dream Within a Dream, take this kiss upon the brow, and, in and Still I Rise, write me down in history with your bitter, bow. twisted you lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. All, of course, very good, fantastic, brilliant poems by brilliant poets, but enjoying these poems isn't the same as being able to read and enjoy and quote most other poetry. Because most other poetry is confusing and difficult and, lo and behold, came as a shock to me, doesn't even frickin' rhyme. But don't worry. Before this episode is over, you'll finally know why poetry is hard and you'll know how to read poetry, and I'll give you a good reason for why you should. Okay, so I must introduce you to my project. This summer, my goal is to read literary classics. You can see in the show notes the link to my ultimate list of classic must-reads. And poetry is a part of that goal. To get some initial practice with poetry and to get some fodder for this podcast, I went to the library, to the poetry section, and I pulled a random title off the shelf, literally the first one I touched. It turned out to be Anne Waldman's Helping the Dreamer, and, turns out, Waldman is some pretty difficult stuff to read. But for the purposes of this project, it turned out okay. It was difficult, but it was a good primer on how to read poetry. As someone who reads and writes prose, poetry, I thought, would be similar. Not the same, but similar enough that I could read and enjoy and understand it. But no. Poetry, it turns out, is its own language. 
In fact, each poem, each poet, seems to invent a new language as they go along. For example, Waldman's poem My Kind of Man pretty much totally ignores grammar. One of the sentences goes like this. He also have a sense of ridiculous, too. Which is acceptable only in poetry and dialogue, and even dialogue often embraces correct grammar for the sake of understandability. Poetry doesn't have this problem. Unlike plays and prose, poetry isn't trying to be or say anything other than what it literally says, and it doesn't care whether you get it or not. It's not trying to translate meaning for the reader. It simply is what it is, says what it says, whether or not you catch on. And because of this, there is this ultimate freedom in poetry. If there is a way to express it, it being literally anything a human brain can comprehend, If there's a way to express it in words, it's poetry, in the hands of the right poet, that will come closest to telling it. Because poems can't afford to be self-conscious or to dance around a subject or to get busy finding the right words for the reader. They're too short and pure to be marred by ambiguity. They tell the most direct things in the most direct possible way. And in a world where pretty much everything is filtered and marred by publishers and commentators and algorithms— People's appeal in poetry should technically be increasing. But I think it's safe to say that it isn't. Why? Because it takes work to read poetry. We've already agreed on that. It's the reason you're listening to this podcast. So here is my framework for thinking about and reading poetry. Poetry is like jazz. There's a rhythm, but no discernible pattern. No way to predict what comes next of course, besides the fact that some poems rhyme. You can't tell which note, which word, will come after the one before it. You can understand it, and you can see that it makes sense only in retrospect, not as it's happening, and certainly not before it happens. You can't very well hum along to the tune, but you can feel and understand the emotions in the message. Conventionality and rules and structure are sacrificed to the wind in exchange for something more pure, more personal more descriptive. To understand a poem, you have to, in a way, channel the poet. You have to hear and absorb the words the way they transcribe them from their minds, and so understand them, both the words and the poet, the way they, the poet, meant you to. Poetry is so personal, it's no wonder that every poem, every poet reads and writes so differently. It's no wonder that there is so much variety, and no wonder that it is difficult, in most cases, to read and fully understand. Poetry is the world through the lens, a -a one-of-a-kind lens, of that particular consciousness at that particular time in that particular place, and it gives no apologies for staying true to that poet in that situation, in that mindset. So I've gotten to the end of Helping the Dreamer, and I think it's safe to say that I'm still learning. I'm still wondering whether line breaks are important or they're just there to confuse me. I'm still finding poems and poets that I like and trying to figure out why it is that I don't like the ones that I don't like. But I'm getting better at reading by doing two things. First, I find the rhythm of the words and I stick to it. Two, I keep the tempo slow enough that I can stay consistent and absorb the words and their meanings. And here's a final word of advice. If you don't get it, that's fine. Everyone is different. We've all experienced different things. We understand words differently. None of us are exactly alike or even remotely alike. So how can we expect to be able to read and internalize this representation of someone else's consciousness?
Forgive yourself and move on. Find the poets and the poems that you do understand, that do speak to you and inspire you. Because in the end, that's why people read poetry. They read to be inspired and touched. And when they quote poetry, it's because those lines mean something to them. They find those words important and valuable. They don't usually quote just to look hot. Near the end of Helping the Dreamer, I found my new favorite poem. It's called Ballad, and it is actually a translation of Christine de Pizan's Ballad Number 17. And I can't find this translation online, so I can't link to it. And I'm certainly not going to read it here or even tell you what it's about. It just feels too personal. But at least know that I did find a favorite poem. And finding that poem has made this entire hours-long project totally worth it. My only hope for this episode is that I have inspired you to try again, maybe for the hundredth or the thousandth time, to read poetry and to find your own favorite poem. The one that feels so personal, like you own it and it owns you and describes you so perfectly that you have a hard time even sharing it. Because let me tell you, it's an awesome feeling, finding that poem that speaks to you amongst all of the other poems. 